Hi, this is Dr. Tony Cooper, and this is Life Without Baggage, Insights into Personal Wholeness for Spirit, Soul, and Body. I'm a psychologist in private practice. I treat adults. However, this is not a substitute for medication or counseling. If you're having thoughts of harming yourself or another person, or if this material triggers you, please contact your doctor or a mental health specialist to help you with your concerns. I'm continuing in the series on principles for transformation. Today, I'm gonna be looking at experiential transformation. Let me mention that I've been posting a bonus video, usually on Tuesdays through the week. Lately, I have posted basics for breakthrough, growing in discernment, Blessings for Wholeness, which is a calming video about the promises of God and a prayer for breakthrough. So these you can view as videos on Spotify and on the other platforms, you'll probably just be able to hear the audio. So before I get into experiential transformation, talking about getting beyond information, getting beyond our intellect and our filters, First, I'm going to give you a little bit of a summary of what this series has been about. So I looked at the relationship of body, soul, and spirit when we started. That in the world, a transformation is like a makeover. It's something external. But what the Bible teaches about transformation is that it's a metamorphosis. I'm basing that on a word in 2 Corinthians 3.18. This metamorphosis occurs as we gaze on the Lord, as we spend time with him, as we allow him to take us from glory to glory and strength to strength. It's a choice whether or not we allow God to transform us. So we've looked at different ways that the Lord restores us, transforms us, things in our own nature that can get in the way, default modes, barriers, and also a reluctance to take reasonable risks. Let's start about experiential transformation. So one of the things I've been pondering lately as I've been studying the Bible and in my prayer time is just asking the Lord, why is it that the information that going to church or listening to a podcast or listening to a message online, why isn't that information making more transformation in people's lives? So I'm going to share with you some of the things that I've come up with so far. So as I mentioned, we have default modes, there are barriers, there are like filters, and in the podcast on barriers that I posted on January 22nd, I cited the work of Dr. James Maloney, and he outlines weights, sin, mindsets, and veils, distortions that operate. So I'm going to point you back to that podcast if you want more detail on that. It's very important that we engage with the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, that we drink it in, we meditate on it, we chew it so that it it isn't like just something we taste and then, you know, it dissolves like like a little piece of candy. We can taste it. It tastes good. And then, okay, it's gone. We have to incorporate it into ourselves. And I think it's useful 
when you have your time with the Lord to invite him to speak, invite him to speak to you. And then what he shows you, you want to respond to. So it's an interaction. I tell people it's not like school where you read a book and try to learn something. That really isn't going to build your relationship that much. It's not really going to get you into the depths of the spirit, which is what we need to grow, to be transformed, to be empowered, to be able to resist the things that pull on us. Part of this is we really need to be engaged with the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, that it's not an intellectual exercise. And it needs to be unhurried. If we are in a hurry every time that we're reading the Bible, if we're multitasking, we're not going to be very fully engaged. And you've heard me use the example that If you had a friend over and the whole time your friend was over, you were engaged in a bunch of activities, your friend probably wouldn't perceive that as a very meaningful time with you. God isn't any different. He designed us really like him. So what happens in transformation? If we think about that idea again of metamorphosis, the butterfly started out as a caterpillar. There, I guess, are chemical processes where the caterpillar kind of turns to mush and then is completely reworked into a butterfly. So that's the word for metamorphosis. But another way that I might have mentioned on another podcast, another thing the Lord brings to my mind all the time is a medical concept called debridement. Hebrews 6.1, I think, is sort of a good example of this. And I'm going to get into Hebrews 6.1 more in the next podcast. Hebrews 6.1 is probably Paul probably wrote that book. No one knows for absolutely certain. Paul is represents kind of more of the nature of God, the Lion of Judah. And most of what we're going to look at today comes out of the writings of John, who was more like the tender, nurturing father, more like the Lamb of God. But here's one verse from the Lion, Hebrews 6.1. Therefore, let us go on and get past the elementary stage in the teachings and doctrine of Christ, the Messiah, advancing steadily toward the completeness and perfection that belong to spiritual maturity. There are elementary principles that you'll learn if you go to church, if you listen to messages, if you read devotionals, but that isn't really going to lead to very much transformation. If you think about in the treatment of wounds, there's a buildup of scar tissue and it can be to the point where there are dead layers, like it talks about in Hebrews 6. There become dead layers over our soul, our ability to feel, our ability to encounter God. You might think about it how even children are so sensitive to spiritual matters and the presence of God. And sometimes they see angels and they have a lot of experiences in their innocence that adults lose over time. And so some of that is probably related to the wounds we accumulate, the losses, the disappointments, the rejections, the things that cause us to become calloused, to become hardened emotionally, spiritually, to detach from life. 
And sometimes these can be, like we talked about, cultural factors. There are things that operate in a culture that are so dark that it's harder to find the light. Also, there can be generations, certain families. There are veils. There are problems that run in generations. So there's a need for the Lord to be able to debreed us from the things that have become hardened, the walls that we've put up. Now, he does it gently most of the time. And this is where I'm going to look at 1 John chapter 3. And I am going to read verses 1, 2, and 3 from the Amplified. See what an incredible quality of love the Father has given, shown bestowed on us, that we should be permitted to be named and called and counted the children of God. And so we are. The reason that the world doesn't know, recognize, acknowledge us, is that it does not know, recognize, or acknowledge him. There's that veil. Beloved, we are even here and now God's children. It is not yet disclosed, made clear what we shall be. Here's the important part, I think. But we know that when he comes and is manifested, and we shall as God's children resemble and be like him, for we shall see him just as he really is. And everyone who has this hope resting on him cleanses himself just as he is pure, undefiled, guiltless. So this is very similar to that 2 Corinthians 3.18. That as we see God as he is, as we gaze on him, he allows us to see who he really is. Not who we've been told he is, not what we fear about, what we think he's like, but we see him more and more as he is. And 2 Corinthians 3.18 tells us that as we see him more clearly, as we gaze on him through his word, that we begin to resemble him. So we don't lose our personality. In my family, we all look quite a bit alike. We sound quite a bit alike, but we're not clones. We have our own personalities. We have our own interests. And so the Lord wants you to resemble, have that family resemblance to Jesus Christ more and more without losing who you are. But it's a pure, undefiled version of you. And the more that we see him as he is, the more that we gaze on him, the more that we're transformed. It takes time. If you look at what this word about discloses or appears or manifests means, it's showing the true character. All of us are raised with distortions about God. I've written a book on that. We're all raised with them. We acquire them through the difficulties of life, through harsh church or through harsh authority figures or inaccurate legalistic teaching. And so those things have to be debrided. They have to be unlearned. And God can do it gently as we spend time with him. Sometimes it's gentle, just soaking something in warm water or warm salt water, that it it can draw out different poisons, poisons in our attitudes, poisons in pain we've been through, poisons in some of our motives, that God has to draw out the truth. I also like how 1 John 3, 8, as it talks about, we will see him more accurately, 
that will begin to resemble him. I love this verse, 1 John 3, 8. The reason the Son of God was made manifest, visible, was to undo, destroy, loosen, and dissolve the works the devil has done. So no matter what you've been through, no matter what's going on in a culture, the Lord is bigger than that. And so he came to destroy all those things that have been weapons against you, against your family. And that's whether it's generational, cultural, personal trauma. He wants to restore. My next video that I'm posting this week is on supernatural recovery. So I just want to caution you that as we see the Lord more clearly, we will see our own sinfulness, our own brokenness more clearly. And I've told people many times, don't go into shame. Isaiah chapter 6, he just freaked out. It's like, I am so unclean, even the words that come out of my mouth. So we will see God more clearly, but he wants to help us see these things so that he can gently begin to work them out of us, draw them out of us, cleanse us, heal us, restore us. So we've talked over the weeks about there's a part that the Lord does for us, but then there's a part that we cooperate with. We have a choice whether or not to let the Lord debreed us, transform us, restore us. We have a choice. So I'm going to spend some time talking about what our part is. First of all, you know that I'm going to talk about abiding, that as we abide in him, as we seek the Lord, as we set our hearts and our minds on him, as we allow ourselves to be knit together with him, where we're living, allowing his spirit to live through us, empower us, change us, and not just visit the Lord now and then when we read our Bible or when we go to church, but where we're uh, having a lifestyle of walking with him. That's our part, and it's a choice how much we give to the Lord to cultivate that relationship. No deep relationships form without time and commitment. Secondly, we want to obey and separate from sin as best you can. 1 John 3, 3 that I read a few minutes ago says, and everyone who has this hope resting on him cleanses himself just as he, the Lord, is pure. So we have a choice, try to separate from sin. It's not always easy, but we can give up and just say, this is just who I am, but that is not who God made you to be. So another important point is to lock shields with other people who are trying to walk with the Lord and grow, who will be kind and encouraging to you. They, they won't try to control you, but they will speak the truth in love and encourage you and provide some, you could call it accountability, but sometimes accountability is sort of harsh, but it's still kind of a, a form of positive pressure. That's why groups like Weight Watchers or AA work, because there's positive pressure to stick to what you said you're going to do. Okay, Colossians 2, 5. For though I am away from you in body, this is Paul writing, yet I am with you in spirit, delighted at the sight of your standing shoulder to shoulder in such orderly array and the firmness and the solid front and steadfastness of your faith in Christ, that leaning of the entire human personality on him 
in absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom, and goodness. So the, the church, they were locked together in unity. They were helping each other stay strong. I heard one ministry explain it as soldiers advancing in battle together. So as long as their shields were locked, they were protected. The other thing that's important that I mentioned last time is to confess our sins. Your conscience, the Holy Spirit, will let you know when you're doing something wrong. But to really grow and mature and be transformed, he will make you aware of motives or words, things that are not right in your heart attitude. We can either accept his correction and repent of it. We might be doing the right thing for the wrong reason, or we can resist. And that's where I see people where they stop growing because the Lord is showing them things. And it's like, no, I'm not, I'm not changing that. That's just who I am. Nobody's going to tell me what to do, blah, blah, blah. And so we can harden our hearts and then the debridement, the Lord will stop debriding because we've chosen the dead, crusty things of our old nature. It's like, no, that's where I want to live. He'll let you. But you won't be fully alive. And if you're not in the Bible, I mean, it's great if you read devotionals. I've written a couple myself. It's great if you listen to messages and podcasts. But it's our time in the Word where the Lord will speak to us and deal with us, our heart attitudes, encourage us, restore us, but also let us know where, hey, this attitude's not real, not real positive. And I'm that's Hebrews 4:12. For the word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, the soul, and the immortal spirit, and of joints and marrow of the deepest parts of our nature. Notice that the deep parts of our nature, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. God doesn't expose these things to judge us, to criticize us. It's to help us get free so that we can give and receive love. We can walk closely with him, enjoy the fullness of what he has paid for on the cross. But it is a choice whether we yield or whether we harden our hearts. This is not striving, it's not religious form, but it is a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle of integrity. So I'm going to mention a few materials that correspond to what I've talked about today, and then I'm going to pray for us. So my first three podcasts that I posted in November of 2021 look at spiritual rest and building your spirit. Also on March 5th of this year, I posted Light Reveals and Transforms which is that, again, an idea of how the Lord reveals himself to us. And then barriers to transformation about Dr. Maloney's four points of weights, sin, mindsets, and veils. I posted that on January 22nd of 2023. I mentioned some videos, Blessings for Wholeness, Prayer for Breakthrough. Also, a couple months ago, I posted, Are You Trapped in a Vow? A lot of times people have made vows they're not aware of, which keep them locked into behavior. And it's a very short video, so you might want to use that. So, Jesus said in Matthew 5, 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So I'm going to pray that our hearts 
are open to hearing from him and responding that we can see him more clearly. So Lord, we thank you that you reveal yourself to us, that you came to earth and paid for our sin, that you want us to know you, that you want to deepen that connection with you, that you reveal your secrets, you tell us in Psalm 25, to your close friends, that you don't want to interact with us as slaves, that you want us to partner with you, to travel life with you, to be the best version of ourselves that you designed us to be before the tragedies of life. So I ask you, Lord, to help this listener have their heart open to you, to engage with you when they read your word, and to respond to you when you gently speak and say, this needs a little attention. So I pray that for myself and for my listener. Thank you, Lord, for your love and patience. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is Dr. Tony Cooper, and this is Life Without Baggage. Thanks for listening, and if this helped you, share it with a friend.